Welcome to the road to growth, success of an entrepreneur. We've raised the bar. Learn firsthand from successful business owners and create your own path to success. I'm going to show you how great I am. It's time to hit the road to growth with team lead of the Enriquez Group, Realtor like Vinny. A lot of, stuff, a, a lot of uh, endeavors kind of just, just win for it. I mean, I think that's a, what a lot of people fear sometimes is taking that chance and kind of going for it. And uh, I mean, going through your history, it looks like you've taking risks, taking chances and, and really went for it. Kind of walk me, walk us through um, kind of who you are and what your story is. Well, I just want to say, as you say that, I, I'm more aware of the places where I feel my fear, where I feel my doubt, where I'm holding back. So I, I just, it's all relative, right? Like from the yeah. outside, somebody might judge me or judge somebody else. Wow, that guy's really doing ABC or she's doing XYZ. And, you know, what I've seen as a coach, I get to see behind the veil of, of so many folks and, they're all scared. We're all doubt. We all have our doubts. We all have our fears. We all have our limitations. And we respond to them differently. But I, I just want to set that right off the gate that <laughs> like, really, do I take a lot of chances? Do I take a lot of risks? Sometimes it doesn't feel that way. Yeah. I mean, uh, I've had people on here that talk about the idea of an imposter syndrome, right? Where people see you from the outside and they go, oh my gosh, this guy has no fear. He can do whatever. And then you start talking to the person and it goes, no, it, I had a system in place and I basically made this choice. I took this one step, the next step, and the next step, and and I was able to accomplish it. So, I mean, walk, walk us through, I guess, I mean, I guess spark notes of, of where you're born and kind of get into who you are and, and what you do uh, today. Yeah, well, if you want kind of the chronology, um, you know, I was born and raised in a rural area of Florida, not much going on pre-internet. There was not a lot of hope uh, for much outside of, you know, orange groves and that kind of, you know, swamps and stuff. So I was fortunate enough to, um, I had, I was fortunate enough to, to meet a mentor before I started college and, it, you know, I, I got a sense of what life could be. And this guy had designed, essentially designed a lifestyle business and he was, he had been able to kind of set up his work around the lifestyle he wanted, where he could surf, where he could ride motorcycles, where he could basically have the lifestyle he wanted. And it was, it, it was so different from this this like hey you got to prepare yourself for this nine to five grind or you know nine to nine grind that, that a lot of folks were, were doing and i i was oh that's what i want more of you know i i saw myself as a creative he was a creative person and so instead of okay as soon as i leave school i'm just gonna be a drone and i'm just gonna grind myself to the bone kind of thing it's like oh how do i how could i design a business to uh support me to have the lifestyle i want that to empower me to have the life that i want and so it was really clear as I went through school that that's what I was aiming for. I didn't really care about grades. I didn't really care about all the hoops that people were jumping through. I was simply looking at it. I was like, what do I need to learn so that I can create a business like that? Can, can I, in art school, I wasn't in business school even. So it was like, <laughs> you know, it was like yeah, go ahead. Can, can I jump into this just one second? I mean, something that I, I always ask, especially when someone brings up that they had a mentor, where did you find this, where did you find this mentor and how do you know he was a right fit for you? You know, I use the word mentor pretty loosely, and I, I think that we may have mentors in our lives without even knowing it. But I mean, this person was introduced to me through a family friend, and essentially, I, you know, it was like, uh, "Hey, this this guy's done well for himself, and he's in the creative fields. Maybe you should look and see what he's done." Because, you know, it, it, they're just again, there wasn't a lot of inspiration. There was no turning on YouTube, or there was no like TV shows about what people did for you know careers and that kind of stuff. It was pretty very, very limiting in terms of what I saw myself being able to do as a profession. 
And so, so walk, walk us through. Now you basically saw what this guy was able to accomplish and you're going to school. Right. And so I'm looking at, as I'm going through school, I'm not really paying attention to, I'm not really sweating grades too much. I'm looking at school as the opportunity to learn the, the, the skills and to develop the, the work that will help me be able to create a similar business. Right. So once I got out of school, you know, within five months, I, I had found a partner and we hit in, it was the right place at the right time. The technology was in the right place. And I, I had developed a, a, a media production company. And, you know, and it was one of those things like, well, of course I did. Because you're being 22, you're brash. And, you know, and it didn't seem like that big of a risk at the times. I was used to being broke. I was used to basically sleep, you know, living like me and my roommates were just, you know, goblins. I mean, it was nasty. <laughs> so so it, there was, it didn't feel like there was that far to fall if things didn't work out. And lo and behold, it worked out. You know, I had that company for 12 years and built it up where I was doing international work for people. And I was able to, I mean, I used it so I could be a musician, so I could, you know, essentially have my own record label and make my own records and be able to go travel and surf and do those things. And this was all in my, all in my 20s. Now, the, the partner that you had, it was, did you guys mesh really well? Was it taking a little while to understand what part you took, what part they took in the company? How did that work out? That didn't that didn't get worked out until a year later when I bought them out. I started to see that it, it really wasn't a great arrangement for the long term. Um, you know, fortunately, we were able to kind of salvage our friendship out of that. But but it was it was a couple of younger guys. He was he was a bit older than me, but it was really like, yeah, let's just do things 50 50. And meanwhile, I was there 14, 16 hours a day and he wasn't he had another business he was doing things on. And it just wasn't a great arrangement. I think if we'd read the e-myth beforehand, it would have saved us a lot of trouble. You know, when I read that book years later, I was like, oh, man, I didn't I wish I could have read this and it would have, you know, made life a lot easier then. So. So going through the process of figuring out what the cost was of the company, a new company only one year in. I mean, did you did you go to a professor? Did you go to that mentor? How did you find the value of it to kind of uh, negotiate an offer? It was pretty easy at that point because the money wasn't really making much money. And or, excuse me, the company wasn't making that much money. So it was it was essentially like, hey, here's how much money we got in the bank. Here's what here's how much debt we've got. Here is he had brought in a pretty big fish client and there was some goodwill there. So it was essentially breaking down the assets and essentially, you know, here's here's a fair price, some goodwill for going forward. And thanks for bringing this client. Um, and so I we worked with we had a we had an accountant that we worked with and he essentially kind of walked us through kind of a skeleton way to go about it. And we came to a handshake agreement. That was it. And, and reading through kind of like the bio and what we've talked about previously, I think around 22, 23, right? So that's the beginning of this company. You started kind of venturing on and really enjoying yourself, taking, I guess, I guess, risk and chances on different, different things. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, those first few years are really hard. And I remember like, I, I don't know, I think I made 500 bucks that first year <laughs> and um, yeah, I was sweating it. And, but I was so, I was, it was so clear to me that I didn't really, I didn't want to go work for somebody else. I was, I was really clear that I wanted to, to have my own company. And I remember I was talking to somebody and they're like, why don't you just get a job, man? You can just sell your gear and you can just go get a job somewhere. And I was, I, I remember having this, all of this doubt before that moment. And then when they said, go get a job, I remember just being like, oh, well, that's not going to happen. So 
I was, it just, it, it helped me with my resolve and I wasn't trying to prove anything. I, it just helped me realize what I was, I'd set out to do and I was committed to doing it. And, um, and so really realizing that, that I'd, I'd sealed the exits essentially, it got a lot easier for me. And what was making it hard was that should I, shouldn't I, should I, shouldn't I, and that, that kind of back and forth thing. And then when I realized, no, I'm doing this and when I'm going to see it through, it actually got a bit easier from that point on. And I was very fortunate. I had great connections with other people that were, that were funneling work towards me. I didn't really have to do a lot of marketing. I just, I just focused on doing really good work. And, um, that was essential. And I, you know, had really good working relationships, delivered good product and, you know, essentially it, it, it took off from there. Why do you think you didn't have doubt of going to a nine to five job? I mean, I think that's something that a lot of new business owners, I mean, have where it's like, I yeah. can go back to this comfort level, this safety zone. I totally get it. And I, I actually think, you know, when I work, especially when I work with new coaches, I'm like, can you find an, another means of income to support you as you go? Cause you don't want to be taking on clients just to, for money. Right. Because that's how you end up with really lousy clients and you end up in really lousy relationships because you just need the money. So not needing the money, not needing to not being desperate for money um, really puts you in a position of power. And so I, I don't have anything against nine to five jobs. I was just really clear that the upside of what I was creating was just going to take time and that I, I could see where it was going. I could see that it was going to work out and I just needed to stick to it. I think if I'd been beating my head against the wall for three years and I'd only made 1500 bucks in three years. It might've been a different conversation. And so uh, this was basically year one, year two, a little bit where you're kind of, mm -hmm. and so you, in, in your head right now, you were thinking, okay, well, if I, if this is another, goes another year or so, then maybe I might have to reassess. I don't know. I hadn't, I hadn't been in that mindset. Like I was just, you know, it's part of being young and full of testosterone. It was just like, <laughs> this, we're going here. Like, it's not, it was just, <laughs> it's not, it's not going the other way. So I don't, I don't remember. I remember looking over my shoulder a lot. Do, do you remember when you said, okay, this is working out. This is actually going positive. I, I have a company here. Yeah. Well, I think it, uh, it got to a point where again, I was, I was used to living on a very, minimal, you know, had a very minimal lifestyle. So it didn't cost me a lot. And so it didn't take a lot for me to, to be able to support myself. And I, I think once that money was coming in and I paid off any of the loans that I'd taken out, it was like, all right, I'm doing this. And, um, that was a really satisfying feeling I'd say. And I would say that when I turned 27, I also felt another sense of relief because I was talk about imposter. I was so afraid that people were going to find out how young I was and that, that, so that would somehow make me illegitimate, right? Like, well, we can't work with this guy. He's too young. He doesn't have enough experience. And so there was some, somewhere in there, this magic number 27 somehow made me legitimate. And I remember when I turned 27, I was like, okay, well, if anybody asks me how old I am, I can tell them now. Did, <laughs> so I know in real estate, I mean, I've talked to, to people that have been very young and had great success at a really young age, and they would put it in their listing presentation, um, basically why they've accomplished so much at a young age. And so they would get that idea or that question that um, that question of, well, I should try to realize this was someone this young. Did you have something like this when you would talk to people where you already kind of laid it out or was it something just please don't ask me about my age? Please don't ask me about my age. I think that the, the amount of responsibility I was giving for certain projects and the things that I was taking on that that giving it to a kid didn't seem wise. 
and it was just my own doubts of like, why would they, why should they trust me with this project? You know, this marketing campaign. And I, I was, I didn't mean to get into, into political work, but the political work was coming my way, meaning yeah. like these campaign ads and stuff, which was not very good. It was get amazing money, but it was not good for my soul. And, uh, but nonetheless, it was, we're going to rat here. More money means more responsibility. We're going to be leaning on you more. And so I just remember thinking like, why would they trust some kid? You know, why, why he, that kid's not going to be very dependable. And, and, you know, it was just one of those things in my mind that it was like, okay, well, if I'm a little older then then they'll, they'll trust me more. When, when you're questioning yourself, right. And you're asking, okay, why would they trust a kid? Why would they trust a kid? I know some people go on the successes they had and they remember those, those wins to kind of get those doubts out of their head. Was that something you did or is there other things that you went through kind of mindset wise? I think I think it was fortunate that early on we'd had a couple of big wins and I was able to I had a I had a pretty nice portfolio of work built up especially for the small market that I was in I was doing some international work I was doing stuff for ESPN oh. and um it was like how has this kid in the middle of nowhere getting work for ESPN and some of these bigger ad agencies and stuff and and so that I think once it was really always going to be about the work can you can you do good work and can you deliver good work and that, for that for you know, for that business, that's all that really mattered was like do good work and deliver on time. Do what you say you're going to do, and and um, and I had that. I was I was able to deliver to that, and I think that once I got a, a couple of feathers in the cap, so to speak, I, I started to relax a bit. And then, as you're building this company, you know, I mean, you're you're growing, it's getting bigger and it's bigger. When do you start realizing or start thinking about the idea of coaching? So I had gone through. You know, I was fortunate enough to build that company and get it going. And, um, you know, when I was 13 years old, my mom died and I never dealt with it. I never did any kind of grief work or any kind of grief counseling. So essentially, you know, I'd spent the next 10 plus years just outrunning any kind of emotional world that I had. And so I'm building this business concurrently and through a series of events in my personal life, you know, essentially the rug just got pulled out from underneath me and I couldn't keep up that wall against that grief anymore. And so I went through a really personal kind of hell. Like, I, I mean, there were weeks, I, there was a few weeks where I couldn't go to work and I couldn't even go to the grocery store. Like I lost 30 pounds. Like I was just in my house, like just losing it. Essentially. I had, I had a therapist I was working with through the time, but I just really went through the ringer. And that experience had, once I started to get through that experience, I was like, what the hell was that? You know, what did I just go through? And I, I, I became very curious about myself as a person, as, as somebody that was uh, on a growth path and learning about, you know, it was one thing to learn about my business, but it was also like, well, wait a second, who am I becoming as a person? And, you know, if I just went through that whole thing, what was really going on for me and what's going on for the people around me, just opened my eyes to this whole new world. And so I became voracious. I, I just went into the personal growth and spiritual development world. Just, I like I couldn't get enough. I couldn't read enough. I couldn't learn enough. And that's where I started to feel a bit fragmented between the work that I was doing in my business and what was really exciting for me, uh, which was in this personal growth domain. And at the time, they felt really apart from one another. You know, it's like I, I had to go put on this business guy. I wasn't really a business guy. I mean, I was a creative person. I wore a t-shirt and a flip-flops to, to work, but it was like, you know, there was entrepreneur guy. And then there was this guy reading these, these philosophy books when I get home at night. So they just felt really far apart. And, um, 
th- through several years of that process, it was, you know, I started to understand that there was a, a career path called coaching. What is this? And started to, to see where, oh, well, I wonder if there's a way that coaching and personal growth, spiritual development and business could start to come together. That seemed like a long shot to me, but that was essentially where the vision came from. And and that's what I was wanting for myself. I didn't want to feel fragmented. I didn't want to feel like I had to be this guy when I was in the room with these people. I wanted to be myself wherever I went. And um, essentially that was, that was, you know, the beginning of, okay, I want to, I, I want to integrate all of these pieces and, and have that be who I truly am. So how was the transition from, um, being a business owner to actually coaching people and growing their, growing their business. I know it can be difficult for some athletes to transition from to coaching. And, you know, it's one thing to coach, one thing to be athlete. I mean, how was that transition for you? Well, it was, it was humbling because I didn't know how to coach early on. So I thought that because I had done pretty well with my business that I could jump in and start coaching people, but coaching is a, a, an art. Like it takes time to learn what you're doing there. It's not just showing up and giving advice. Um, and I, I wasn't really clear about that. So when I started out, I, I was able to, based on the connections that I had and, and the, you know, I'd already, by this time I'd moved to Boulder, Colorado, sold my business, sold the house and everything. And I was like, oh, this is going to be cake, you know? And, and then realizing I get into conversations with people, I was like, this is not really helping people. This is, I don't think this is effective and not really able to put a finger on it. So, you know, okay, I need to get some training. I need to understand what I'm doing. And can't just call myself a coach just because I have this this nice experience. So, what what platform did you use, or where did you go to get coaching for yourself to help you in the coaching field? I did a ton of different different trainings, and I wouldn't necessarily put my finger on any particular one. You know, because some of the stuff that I I think I got the most from was a little more Wild West stuff. You know, it was just kind of I was in a men's group out there with like 10 other guys that were doing really cool work in the world. I think I learned more from that, just being with those men on a, you know, every other week. Um, I think that that did more for me than any of the trainings that I was getting on a plane and flying out for and doing things like that. Um, What what did that men's group uh, consist of? Essentially it was, uh, I think it was like 10, 11, 12 of us. Uh, We get together every couple of weeks and I, and I'd started a men's group back in Florida when I was living there. Um, And essentially it was, all right, we're not going to allow, you know, this isn't a place where we talk about the football game or any of that other kind of stuff. We're going to talk about what's really going on in our lives. What's the, what are we waiting to do? What are we, where are we holding back? What are we scared to do? And essentially it's like when you have those conversations in front of other men, you can't hide out anymore. There's no more excuses. Or when you hear yourself giving an excuse, it tastes really bad. It's like, oh, I don't want to be, I don't want to, I don't want to play the victim here in front of these guys. So it was really powerful a, to be supported, right? Just to have guys be like, hey, man, got it. That's a that's a tough thing you're going through with your business or that's a tough thing you're going through in your relationship or whatever. But it's another thing to just be like, okay, so what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about this week? And that was the part that that I really appreciated was having the challenge too of, I, I mean, as soon as I started that men's group in Florida, I mean, it was in the weeks that my life transformed. It's just, I just couldn't hide out anymore. I wasn't allowed to bullshit myself. And, you know, I just didn't want to show up each week and be like, yeah, I told you I was going to do ABC, but I didn't. I was like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to have that phone call. I'm going to have that difficult conversation. I'm going to do it X, Y, Z. And it was done. And it just, everything started changing very, very quickly. How do you, so you have a a wife and a daughter, right? Correct. 
how do you compartmentalize basically coaching basically your clients to i guess uh an issue that might come about i had a i had a coach tell me this once where he asks his wife every single time she says something that's going wrong he goes is it something you want feedback on or you just want me to listen how do you deal with basically not solving the problem with uh everything that's coming through well you know it's it's about about being skillful i think it's important that you have it's most important for me to be my wife's lover first and foremost. That's the role that I'm that I that I've signed up for. That's the role I want to be in her life. I don't want to be her coach. I don't even want to be her business partner. She can go have other business partners. So, when I look at what is what's the the most important role to play, I think it's good to tease out all this other stuff because we're in a day and age where it's wonderful that we can do so much with our partners, but it tends to flatten everything. And somehow we expect our partner to be our best friend, our business partner, our housemate, our coach, our whatever, all these different things. And then we wonder why, like, what happened to the sex life? What happened to the great polarity we had? What happened to all the fun? And so I think just understanding that, you know, hey, I'm here to be her lover. She's got great friends and great support. And there's times where I just know, just listen, it really like it just needs to, to listen. And then she's really in a pickle sometimes. I'll, I'll ask, do you want, are you open to a suggestion? You open to uh, blah, blah, blah. And, and she can say no, or she can say yes or, or whatever. But really when, when, especially guys, when we get into this place where we feel like we, we don't have room for our partner and whatever they're going through, it's because it's our own tension. Like we can't be with our partner having tension. Well, let your partner have tension. Let, the, let them have their, their situation that they're going through. Let them, let them have their own stuff. So when they come to you and they say, hey, I'm having X, Y, Z, you don't have to be, it's not your problem. You can be there to support them, but it doesn't have to be your problem. And I think that that's the biggest part that we have is like, how can I be detached without being dissociated where I don't care? It's not like I don't care. It's like, yeah, I got it. You're going through that thing and that's yours. That's your thing. And if you want my help, uh, I'm happy to help you. Like we'll, we'll talk about how to help. But before we get to that place, I'm just going to let you have your thing, let you have your spot. Um, when, when we jump in and want to fix things, suddenly it's like, whoa, wait a second. What are you doing here? You know, let me have my, let me have my process here. She, and she does it with me too. Like I'll, I'll be talking about something. She's like, Ooh, well, what about blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, Hey, I just, hold on. You know, I just want to kind of work this out here. So, but I think it's more of our own. We can't be with our own tension. I think something you said right there and people listening is asking for permission, right? I mean, asking your wife, asking anyone you talk to, even on the phone, asking permission, it basically, I think subconsciously, it, it allows you to kind of speak your mind a little bit. Yeah. And I think, I, you know, as much as I coach people, it's like, I don't really want to coach unless I'm asked to. So it's nice to, <laughs> I think early on when I was going through coach training, it's like, oh, I want to try this out. And I'm gonna, I'll just throw it on somebody who doesn't even who doesn't even want to be coached and it's like really unskillful you don't do that so it's like yeah, yeah cool you're going through a thing i don't have to help you uh, i'm here to help you if you want but i don't have to suddenly i'm not a firefighter and you're not on fire <laughs> well all right so let's say hypothetically your 22 year old self that person that just started that company was asking for your help to coach them what kind of advice would you give that person that was just starting that company well, I don't know if I would give advice. I think that's the, I think, I think a lot of times what we need most and most of all is just to be listened, just to be heard. Um, and I find that a, a big part of my job as a coach is just listening to people. And then for whether they realize it or not, I'll just kind of pick out the things they say and I'll say, is this what you're saying? And a lot of times it's unconscious that they're, 
they're out of alignment with what they're they're doing one thing, but they're saying another thing. And that can be transformative to have that moment and just to hear the 22-year-old say, I got it, blah, 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 blah. And then we look at what that person's doing and we can see where things are not aligned there. And you say, Do you is this is this how it looks in your world, right? You're doing ABC, but you're talking about XYZ. And that's usually where their suffering comes from. That's usually why their business isn't working. It's usually why their relationships aren't working. They say they want one thing, but they're doing another. And so just holding that up for them can be transformative where they see that and they're like, oh, I got to tighten that up. I, I, I want to create some more alignment. And that's where coaching could come in and say, great, well, how can we chunk it down? You don't have to do it overnight. But what would be some ways that we could create greater alignment here? If you're tired of doing ABC, then what's, how can we start to you know, minimize that more? How can we optimize or maximize the other thing? Um, I, I would listen more and just get a sense of what that 22-year-old was wanting and then say, great, well, let's look at your actions. Are you on track? Are you doing the things that will produce the outcome you want? Because if you're not, then you're, not, you're never going to get there. So I, I would start there. So allow, allow them to kind of self-realize before you kind of put it on them and let them kind of come with the game plan. Makes sense. Sure, sure. Um, now, what's next? If we're talking to you, let's say, five years from now, 10 years from now, where is Trip going to be? Well, hopefully having a lot of fun, hopefully playing, hopefully surfing, hopefully still very healthy and happy. You know, it's it's easy it's easy to lose touch with all of that stuff, but um, it really is most important for me uh, through all through this whole. Uh, I've, I've never been able to. I've never been good at forecasting where I'll be in a few years, but I do know I am very clear that I want to be having fun. I want to feel spacious. I want to feel expansive. Um, I want to feel free. I want to feel alive. I want to feel deeply loved and connected with the people in my life. I want to have great peace of mind. So I'm not really attached to what it looks like in that regard, but I do know that that's ultimately what I'm playing for. And so, yeah, that's a bit of the mystery is, is what it might look like in five years, but I do know that that's what I'm playing for. If, if someone, I mean, is, let's say I'm getting coached by you, right. And I have the same kind of uh, feelings, right. I want to be free or I want to, I want to basically make money or however you want to do it. Right. How do you get them to self-realize the right path for them? Uh, the first thing is to just kind of start to draw out what it is that they're ultimately wanting, right? Like to help them realize for themselves, uh, I want to do ABC. Here's a story. I, I, had a, I had a person talk to me one time. This person was in the Bitcoin industry. I mean, the, the amount of money we're talking about is pretty insane. And this person had a family. This person had, you know, all of this stuff. But when we started to look at this person's life, they weren't sleeping. They weren't eating right. They weren't spending time with their family. Basically, they were doing. And I was like, "Why are you? Why are you pursuing this this avenue?" Well, I got to be successful. Got it. Definitely, success is so important, right? Yes. So success is so important. And so, how would you know you were successful? It's like we started to go down that road, and it had really what this person realized that they they were willing to sacrifice their health. They were willing to sacrifice their family. They were willing to live in a crowded place with skyrocketing costs of living. They were willing to sacrifice their entire peace of mind in order to have this one thing to be successful. And I say, like, is that really, that's what we were doing. Like we, we arrived at this place where we were looking at all this stuff where they were willing to, to make themselves weak, like on a literal level, not work out, not eat right, not sleep right, like just drive their bodies into the ground. And I was like, is that makes sense to you? And this person had this like, like their mind was blown 
and they couldn't believe that they were trashing themselves and trashing what they said was most important to them, family, health, all of that kind of stuff, just to be successful. So having that, those things be in the opposite direction is, can be transformative, especially if you're in a herd of people that are doing the same thing and you essentially feel like you're in a foot race against them doing the same thing. And so I think it comes back to let's get really clear on what does matter to you in terms of your health, in terms of your family, in terms of the things that you got sick today or there was an accident today, the things that you would suddenly find very valuable instead of making sure you were better than this other guy, you know, the other salesperson on staff, right? It's, it comes back to, okay, let's make sure we're covering those bases first. And then, then the foot race can be fun. It can be a form of play for you, right? But it does, it, that's not your survival. But most of us just have no idea how, how bad we're tra trashing ourselves, trashing the things that we say are most important. We just have no idea that we're so out of alignment with ourselves. And yet we're popping antidepressants and we're numbing ourselves with screens and everything night and day. And it's, it's like, yeah, let's wake up. Let's wake up. We can do better. Do you still do coaching? I know you coach other coaches, right? Yeah. But do you coach actually people, entrepreneurs too, or just strictly coaches? Absolutely. No, okay. no, I'd say, you know, two thirds of my practice uh, are entrepreneurs. Okay. So if you're listening exactly. right now, yeah, if you're listening right now and you need to find your big why, you need to find out your path, you need to find, I mean, reach out to Trip. Um, we're going to have all his information in here. If you want to read his book, it's on Kindle. Uh, for a free download, if you can purchase the hard copy, I want to say I, I saw it like thirteen dollars or was it thirteen fifteen? Uh, Something like uh, that. For, for, I mean, fairly affordable. I mean, reach out, listen to his podcast. Thank you for for listening to the Road to Growth. Any last words you want to uh, relate, Trip? Uh, here's to being bold. Here's to being playful. Here's to getting over ourselves. Yeah. Perfect. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. Please share. Please subscribe. Thank you for listening to The Road to Growth, Success of an Entrepreneur. Please like, subscribe, and stay connected. Visit www.TheEnriquezGroup.com. Yeah, I created a website. Hope to see you again next week. The Enriquez Group, signing off.